Are we recording? So, so today we have with us a Michael Douglas celebrity hairdresser. So welcome, Michael. Uh, thank you very much for having me, as it were. We've also got um, our special guest, Salva Bjornsson, our CEO. Thank you for having me as well. <laughs> Sorry, is he the special guest or am I the special You're guest? You're the special guest. Okay. You're the special, special guest. And then we've got... Yeah. Special guest. So are you not here every week or every month? No, no. I, I I spend probably more time in, than anywhere in, in Sao Paulo in Brazil, where we have a, a few clinics. And then I come here every every two, three months. So do you uh, live in Sao Paulo? I, yeah, within within brackets. I, I spend six months of the year there. And okay. all the six, I'm on, I'm on the road, really. I feel like a, like a rock star. Okay. <laughs> 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 yeah, well, you look like a rock star. And where <laughs> are you from originally? Iceland. Iceland, okay. Yeah, oh, uh, quite a... Lived in Spain, lived over here, so I think I picked up accents from from different parts. This okay. way, it's, it's difficult to to pin it down. Yeah, uh, weather's a bit different. In, mm, definitely, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> a little it's cooler bit. over there. Now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. But it's uh, nice to meet you both. Thanks for having me on. No, it's great. I mean, a lot of our listeners um, know you. They've probably seen you in one show, mm. um, as well as this morning as well. Yeah, yeah. So, Try and do me a bit. I'm on Gogglebox this week. Actually, wow. We, uh, recorded Gogglebox last weekend. And I've always liked Gogglebox, and they've asked us to do it for the last few years, but we've always said no for one reason or another. But this year, I thought, oh, go on, be a good laugh. Yeah, definitely. Are you familiar with Gogglebox, no? No, I, I recognize the name, but I don't remember. I... It's a big TV show on Channel 4 where you, people get filmed watching. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've, I've seen it. I've seen it, yeah, yeah. So it's not replicated around the world in various forms. So what was the subject matters about? Uh, on Gogglebox, I think we watched, you know, like you watch game shows yeah. or nature programs. We watched Below Deck. Are you familiar with Below uh, Deck? Yeah. Um, so that was quite was quite an eye opener, that particular episode. And then, yeah, a game show called The 1%. Oh, wow. With, well, I thought it was Bradley Walsh, but it turned out to be Lee Mack. I told you how good I am at watching TV. <laughs> um, and then a nature program, Boris Johnson's reg- resignation, uh, resignation Sorry, was was part of the uh, the thing as well, which is always a worry. When they get you to comment politically yeah. or anything, because you think, yeah. oh, someone's going to want to kill me once I've said yeah. something exactly. in disgrace or something <laughs> in favor of Boris Johnson. <laughs> You're to lose, lose, you know. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so that goes out this Friday. So when, when does this go out? Um, next two, couple of weeks' time. A couple of weeks' time. Okay. So you'll have to watch time. Gogglebox on camera, will. ladies and gentlemen. Definitely. But, yeah. <laughs> So talk to us a little bit about you. Where, where did it all start then? So you've been in the, been in the hairdressing trade for mm-hmm. 30 years? Yeah, it'd be 35 years, I think. Wow. I think it was this 22nd of April, 1989, I think. So, yeah, I think it's probably about 35 crazy. years. And then I just needed to do something. You know, I was finishing school. I didn't really know what to do. I wasn't particularly academic. You know, yeah. I didn't like writing or anything like that. So I knew I was just going to get a job doing something with my hands. My brother had become a builder and that little rubbish. <laughs> um, hairdressing was full of women, which I was keen on. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and it looked good fun. You got to wear nice clothes, talk yeah, exactly. to nice people, all that stuff. So it was a very easy decision really to make. And it was one of those things where you didn't really need any academic qualifications, you know. Uh, so my mum said, well, there's a there's a job going for an apprentice in the, the local hair salon. Why don't you give him a ring? So I did. And then I, went, I was a Saturday boy there. So I went a- after school in the evenings, you know. And then, uh, and then every Saturday, and then it paid me, you know, 20, 20 quid a week or whatever. Yeah, I bloody crazy. loved it. You know, it was absolutely brilliant. And um, my brother just was really irritated with me because he had to work on building sites in December. And I just got to work with like 17 very hot women. <laughs> um, and I was 15, you know, I mean, it was just like brilliant, you know. 
But I just saw it as something to do, really. I didn't see it as a career particularly until much later when I met um, I met a hairdresser called Gary Spencer who'd worked at Vidal Sassoon's yeah. and he'd worked in America and he had a real kind of entrepreneurial brain about him. And he was like, do you want to do this or not? And if you do, then this is what we need to do. You know, you need to dress a bit differently. You need to take more care of your equipment. You know, you need to start sectioning hair more neatly. And then I started to take it more seriously, like as a proper career rather than just a job. And I really kind of thought, oh, I really like this. You know, it's the closest thing to being a kind of pop star without having to sing. You know, <laughs> yeah. like you could wear nice clothes. People really liked you, um, you know, and you you could generate money from doing a kind of act of kindness, you know. Yeah. See just, some smiles. Yeah. Yeah. I just thought this is really good. I was a pop star as well, though, just so really? you know. Yeah, I was the singer in a band. <laughs> and I re that's what I really wanted to do, oh. really. Um, there was a band at the time called NXS. I don't know if you remember them. Yes. Or Australian rock it. band. They were my favorite band. And I essentially wanted to be Michael Hutchins. Right. Who tragically ended up killing himself in about 1997. But um, he had just had really cool hair, really cool clothes. And he had a kind of effeminate rock star vibe about him. And I thought, oh, yeah, that's for me. So what do you do? You sing or I was a singer. Play, yeah, cool. I played the piano, played the guitar, but it just didn't really work out. But I remember at 23 years old, I thought, okay, I need to just become a proper hairdresser and stop faffing about with all this music. So that was the game changer, really. I moved to London, got a job as a teacher for Weller. Wow. And um, and I was, I thought, okay, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to try and be like Sam McKnight or one of these big session hairdressers, travel the world do celebrities, models, actors, superstars, and have a really good time. And mm. that's what I did. <laughs> what's, the, what's the difference in, in products these days? Has is, is it changed much since no, the I, first started? It's the most disappointing bit about my industry is how little innovation is wow. there. To give you an example, the greatest hair tools that have ever been built have been made by the vacuum cleaner guy. <laughs> what is that all about? <laughs> Why is Shark and Dyson dominating yeah, the hair true. tools industry? It's a disgrace, I think, actually, for my industry. It's like it's supposed to be full of these entrepreneurial kind of creative types, full of passion and creativity. Yet you've got the guy who makes the vacuum cleaner yeah, cleaning crazy. up on hair tools. So, you know, there's been so little innovation. I think what you could say is they've learned how to market products better yeah because you can take the same ingredients that they were using in the 1980s and somehow pretend that they're new and innovative because you combine them with another ingredient that they had back in the 1980s and i'm just really tired of that which is why i brought out my own products i suppose in the end because i was just i was just really bored of working for brands that were largely selling the it's not a lie as such but it's just the same stuff in a yeah. new way you know and uh, I just thought, yeah, so so it, I think innovation within the hairdressing industry has been very poor. Mm. And I've been in it 35 years. And I would say the key ingredients that I rely on today are the same ingredients I was relying on in 1989, you know, yeah. which is usually like PVA, VA copolymer that's in mousse, hairspray and gel. Still the best thing for holding hair, probably. Uh, and things like dimethicone and stuff like that in conditioners, yeah. you know, still makes it slippy and slidey. So you still use some of your old products when you... Oh, yeah. I mean... They're in new Original. packaging now. Yeah, of course. But if you looked at the ingredients list of those products and found some old stuff from the 80s, you'd, you'd be hard <laughs> to find any difference in them, you know. Yeah. And I find that a bit disappointing, really. Um, I guess what we have been able to innovate is new ways of using those products. So new styles, you know, the curl shapes have changed. Yeah. Texture has changed in the hair. And 
people's perception of what looks good and doesn't look good has changed. So, so that's that's been quite nice, you know. Yeah. Um, but it's fascinating to look back on the eighties and nineties and think what well, that was fashionable. Well, eighties is back in now, right? Since Stranger Things. Yeah, yeah. It's sort of like everyone's rocking their hairstyles now. Everyone's yes, you know, but it's done with a sense of irony now, isn't it? It's like I'm yeah. gonna look like I'm from the eighties, where in the eighties <laughs> it was like, wow, we look like we'd landed from space. You know, like <laughs> you look at people's hair. You know, I'm on Facebook and people send me pictures of me at school or whatever. You think, bloody hell, we all had perms and you know all sorts of scrunchy do's and women with these huge. Yeah, used to this thing where they used to pull their hair up like that and this insert <laughs> hairspray here. And then a hairdryer, and it just used to stay there like that, you know. And that was cool, you know. It was like, wow. So, yeah, there are elements of the 80s coming back, but it, it, it tends to be done with a little nod to humor as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think one of the things I'm a bit disappointed is that it feels like since the 80s, we live in a, we live in a kind of area where there's nothing unique about style and fashion anymore. Everything is just a derivative of the 60s, the 70s, past. and 80s. Yeah. Where there's no unique... If you said, what was the 90s? You'd be hard to this. Apart from say, curtains, which have again come back, but... There was some curtains in boy bands. Uh, Oasis, <laughs> which was the kind of mod thing. Yeah. But that was a rehash of a 60s thing anyway. Was, yeah. The Rachel haircut, which you could argue was a kind of 70s haircut anyway. You know, the 80s was the last original decade, mm. I think. And it was nice that I'm a, a child of that. How old are you? Uh, 39. And how old are you? 48. 48. Oh, yeah, so I'm yeah. 50s. So we're of yeah. a similar age. So I, you remember yeah, the we, 80s we, probably we, quite we, a bit. I think we lived the best best times, isn't it? it? I, I believe so, times. yeah. <laughs> well, you must have been in Iceland in the 80s. I was, yeah. Uh, was was there only Bjork? No, I, I think Bjork was actually more popular outside of Iceland than really? in Iceland. <laughs> See, was, uh, yeah. One, one of those things that was really popular internationally, but, mm. but maybe not so much in, in Iceland. He was in this punk band. Yes. Sure. Uh, before that, that was quite popular. I think then yeah. Then she got a little bit detached from, from, from that. And when, when she became really popular outside, I think the Icelanders okay. embraced her again. Oh, okay. But, but a fantastic artist. Yeah, really. yeah, she's brilliant, wasn't she? I mean, what, what is there Icelandic hairstyles from the 80s and 90s? Or did everybody just wear hats because it's so cold? Uh, Iceland is kind of funny because we we used to have an uh, American army base there. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and then we are in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. Uh, you know, we're in Europe per se. So I think the costume is a little bit more mixed American mixed with, with European. So uh, okay. in that time, I think it was more American than anything. So I think I think we had these sort of an American styles, okay. but, but nothing that original, no. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Very good. And you're only 38. 39. 39. God. I can be 38. It's not possible. Yeah, yeah, great. <laughs> um, yeah, good. So, you know, it's been a, it's been an interesting it's been an interesting journey, you know. It'd be interesting to see how things play out over the next 5 yeah. to 10 years. I think with AI becoming, you know, as being introduced to the world, I'm not worried about AI in the same way that everybody else is. I'm more just fascinated about what it might bring mm. to the industry. I, I don't mm. think you're going to get robot. Do, do you think you're going to get robot haircuts? You no. don't. Because <laughs> it's not in my lifetime. Too much creativity. I've seen it on the internet, this yeah. kind of robot sucking up hair and cutting bits off. It's, <laughs> it's doable. They used to have a, a, a thing like that. I don't even remember. It was like a vacuum cleaner that you sucked up and then it cut your hair all the... Yes, the suck, I remember the that. Suck and cut. Yeah. It's on Wayne's World. I don't yeah. know. Wayne's World, it? You, but it's, I've seen the machine do that. It's like a robot that it essentially yeah. does that. So it's doable. But most of, most of the pleasure about going to 
someone to get your hair cut is the human interaction. Of course. I think, yeah. Yeah. I mean, we, we have this in hair transplants as well. There is a, there's a robot out there, the, the Arthas robot that does the hair transplant, so it punches in and, and, and does all those things. But I think it always comes to that. If you want to get a nice suit, are you going to want something of the rack or do you want it tailored? The tailored yeah. one is obviously going to be nicer. And this is the same thing with this. You're not going to have the same experience and, uh, and the same quality. Essentially, you could have a robot do some of it, like the yeah. bulk of it, and then you would come along and prep do the hairline, the, yeah. the, the you know the hairliney bits and the bits that make it look more natural. Yeah, I, I hope uh, I never experienced that though. I much rather have a. Do the ro do the robot can the robots work well, or, or have you not seen any not, successful in hair transplants? Not not really. It's it's very limited on okay. what they can do. And uh, I mean, there is obviously use for the robots if it's an internal surgery where you have to go inside the body, and it's, it's very different. But with hair transplant, you're working very superficially. You're yeah. just going a few millimeters into the scalp, so there is really no need for the robot there so the way i see it it's a marketing tool is is okay it, the use for it are not that not okay. that great mm. yeah have you two both had hair transplants yes uh, first? yeah well i i had mine i think 2005 i think when i when i had my 2005 so long 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 yeah. time ago uh filled in the in the in the sort of everything there in the front and it was a eureka moment if you like and I was sort of, well, it's amazing i've been struggling with it for a long time mm -hmm. and and at the time there was almost no information I, I even went to a to a saloon in in iceland where i was talking about my my hair loss and they wanted to sell me artificial hair implants <laughs> and so, so they take, what is that? They, they have like biofibers what they call it so so it's, it's basically a wig that's is implanted into your scalp and it obviously doesn't grow with it's time it's going to get pushed out you're going to get scar tissue and it's, it's not really practiced much today there's still a few places doing it but uh right. I, I, I was desperate I, I i just wanted something done yeah uh, yeah but i was luckily i didn't go for that and, <laughs> and had the hair transplant so how thin was your hair though you could see your scalp and everything like it was, I mean, uh, everything here in the front had, had pushed back. I was pretty much okay. the middle of the scalp here, a few hairs really growing in it. But I, I was down to just shaving it down to a number one. I, okay. I, I, I couldn't grow with it. It just looked yeah. terrible, you know. Uh, and how many goes did you get to, to do so, that? So I've, I've had two. I, I had one originally, which was fantastic. But back in those days, the hair transplants were a lot smaller. We were doing much less hair in a single, single surgery. Okay. So out of vanity more than anything I, I don't think i necessarily needed it i had the second one just to add density yes. and, and, and get it a little bit thicker okay. then the other part is everything here in the back is is still my original hair that hasn't been moved around but okay. in my family everybody's bald on my father's side so yeah completely okay. bald so if i don't take care of what i have i'm gonna need another one in the future okay. so so with the treatments i'm i'm keeping my hair there and put sort of crossing my fingers and hoping this is this is it i, I won't have to do another one You've had the old technique as well. Yeah, I got I got the, got the strip technique was on the old technique where you, you cut out a strip of tissue sort of from from ear to ear. It was about two centimeters wide. Then you had to stitch everything together, obviously, and it was quite painful. It was, I mean, Chris, you 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 had it as well. You're the same, yeah. So yeah. I'm on number two. So so that's the so old technique. That's the old technique. I, yeah. I didn't know that there was a new technique. Yeah, there is. Okay, so, so the old one is they cut a strip out of the back there. Yeah. And they kind of harvest it somewhere. Yeah, you sort of slice, slice it up. Stitch you together. Yeah. And then start taking that and then putting it in here. So what is the new technique? So so the new technique is what's called FUE. Uh, so the difference with FUE, the implantation is, is still all the same, but it's how you harvest the grafts, so you take them from the scalp. So if you think of uh, the small punch, about 0 0.8 millimeters, the punch. So we shave the hair down so you can, you can see where the hairs are coming yeah. out. You sort of put it around the hair, twist it, and then you can pull out the hair with a, with root and everything in there. So you take one by one 
and you take the kind of follicle. Take the follicle, whole yeah, bit. whole bit. So okay. the, the the trick with that is you have to extract from quite a large area because you're thinning out the hair. It's not yes. going to grow back where, where you extract it. So you extract it like yeah. randomly yeah. rather than in a line. So you strategically thin it out in the back. So where you have really thick bits, you might extract a little bit more, but it's fine, you don't touch it. And then you sort of calculate how much you can, can do there. And then it's the same technique. The, the incisions are done on the top, hairs are, are put in there and they are there permanently. But besides the technique, all the sort of a little details, how the angles are done, all the all the tools are better and, you know, yeah. a lot more experience. So it's, it's okay. been it's been a, a long and and Chris just had his second hair transplant now is this why he, you can see all those little redness a little bit there yes yeah, so when did you get that for your model seven seven weeks ago okay so it's still sort of pretty fresh but um I had some gaps here uh -huh. um, and I've had new hairs put into here just uh -huh. to fill the gaps in you do you get a little bit of shock loss so your native hair does actually go ah okay and just leave um, but that I will grow back. yeah three months time roughly okay. um and then yeah and what happens is, is after 10 days, you actually look fantastic. Mm -hmm. um, you look like all your new hairs are all in. You're looking looking great. And then they start to shed. Okay. But that's normal. Yeah. And then you start to look like this. So you have here sort yeah. of the red here. And as you can sort of see, we've already got new hairs coming through. So these hairs here. So that red bit there, that will all be hair will, eventually. Right? Yeah. It will fade. So the, the red will fade. It takes every sort of three to six months to fade the redness. Okay. Um, but once that's faded, it will look normal. Mm -hmm. um, and the then. The redness is just a is you reacting to this stuff being it's yes yeah, it's implanted into the skin so in theory it's 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 affecting by normal healing. yeah it's healing yeah, and, and you have a lot of activity within the scalp so, so imagine the hair went down there with everything the hair shaft is then falling out the other one is pushing through the scalp so there's a lot of activity in the scalp yes. there's a lot of irritation for, for some time while everything mm. is, is coming through there mm. so we, but, we but i'm starting to see results already so it's really quick and um, can i see pictures of you before can you? Yeah, I don't need to see them now, but maybe we before. Can yeah, we can do, do them later. Yeah, but we can I did put them in the video so people can see them more. Yeah, I think it's I think it's a good idea. Um, but yeah, so I shaved my head. I mean, I completely took the plunge. My hair was sort of six inches on top. Okay. And uh, about this length then, yeah. And yes, and and uh, our staff had great, you know, <laughs> they had some like great pleasure in shaving my hair off. So they shaved it off. Um, and then, um, and then, yeah, I started the process. So really it's just seven weeks of growth, which is, I'm, I'm lucky. I, I mean, I've got a high metabolism, so my hair grows really quickly. Okay. Um, which is good. Yeah, it grows yeah. about an inch a month. So Bloody <laughs> hell. pretty, pretty good. So, um, can, can you see round the back where you took it or not? Really? No. no. You, you see the old scar from his previous hair transplant. Yeah, so, yeah. so how long ago was that? Oh, a long, long time ago, probably nine years ago. Something. Nine years ago. Yeah. Um, so when you were about. 30. Yeah. Ah. Yeah. And um, were you losing your hair then from quite a young age? Did you feel um, like it was? Yeah, probably like 23. Uh, and it sort of slowed down by the time I was 29. Okay. So, and then that was it pretty much. It was pretty lucky. Um, and then, so the first hair transplant, I had lo a long haired hair transplant. So um, they just literally pinned back the hair. So it was like your lamp, you pinned it back, and then they did the front. Um, and that means that there was probably a few little gaps because ideally what you want to do is you want to shave the head yeah, yeah. so you can get, really get into it. Get into it yeah. So when we did it, did it this time, um, I wanted just to sort of bring, pretty much bring the hairline slightly down lower. Mm -hmm. And when they shaved it, there was a couple of gaps there, which they filled okay. in, but I haven't had any more hair loss. I've been pretty lucky. Okay. So when they shaved it, it wasn't receding back. It was just yeah. a few gaps. Yeah, it's interesting. My, so I have a guy who works with me. He's my best friend, really, but he creates all the content for MD London. 
and he was my TV producer for a long time, but mm. he's progressively got thinner and thinner, oh. and now he's using the flock and all the rest of it. Yeah. And uh, I did say to him probably about two years ago, I said, what are we going to do about your hair then? And he went, oh, you've noticed. <laughs> it's like, of course I've noticed. <laughs> That's <laughs> what day. I do, you know, like, he said, oh God, he said, I just don't know. And he said, I'm about to go on holiday with my new girlfriend. He said, but I don't know if I can go swimming. You know? oh. Yeah. Because oh. this whole thing, I'll get out of it with black in the pool and all the rest of it. I wow. said, we've got to get you a hair transplant, man. Yeah. He's like, yeah. He said, I just don't know. He said, it's just so embarrassing, you know. And he is a classic gay. I mean, he's 53, you know. He's been steadily losing it probably for the last 15 years yeah. or so. And I just doesn't want to confront it, really. There's so many um, reasons why men just don't want to bother with all that stuff. I mean, we're generally quite low maintenance. Yeah. Yeah when you compare us to some women, you know, um, and then it's just hard to think I'm going to have to spend all that money and put all that effort into, I, I, into it. I feel it's, it's more fear than anything that stops people from doing it. Is it sort of concern? Is it going to look good? Or is it going to be worth it? Am I going to look, you know, is it going to look silly when I, when I have it done and all yeah, of those things? Yeah, the heating time yeah. is, is a big one. We get a lot of, you know, a lot of our customers go, how long does it take to heal? Well, I look normal. How, you know, yeah. and the truth is within a week to 10 days, you look normal, you know, you look yeah. okay. You know, everything's fine. So what what would he be, what would be the procedure for him, for instance? He would find a clinic that he liked. Yeah. It could be one of yours. Yeah. And then he'd come in for a consultation. Yeah. Very important is to come in for a consultation. Yes. Because you have, I mean, today, uh, for example, there's a lot of clinics in Turkey. People are flying to Turkey or they're flying to somewhere where it's where it's cheaper. Yeah. You know, and, and what happens is they just send a photo by WhatsApp and say, okay, it's going to be this much. You're going to have this many graphs and, and that's it. You, you have to look at a lot of factors yes. you know, when, when you're looking at it. You have to look at the size of the area, the type of hair. Is he on any medication? Is the hair loss still ongoing? Because the hair transplant doesn't stop hair loss. It just puts yes. hair back where you've lost it. So let's say if you have a have a hair transplant, you put everything in, in the front, but you don't really do your due diligence. You you look at to stop mm -hmm. the rest of it. So in one year, you're going to have all the hair here, and there's going to be another gap here in the, in yeah. the back because you, you didn't do it properly. But... This industry is a, is a lot better today than, than it was. There's a lot more clinics out there and, and, and more good, yes. a lot more good job. Has, has Turkey done you a favor in some way? Because it has, <laughs> it has somehow exploded the whole idea. More men are getting it done. So yeah, more yeah. Much more taboo, uh, didn't it? Yeah, yes. Yeah. It was it's scared. To I mean, those bring us up back from Turkey with everybody on there with white teeth. Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's quite funny, but it is quite true. Yeah. And I now know. 20 times more men who've had transplants than I did 10 years ago. Yeah. Uh, so in some way, I, I feel like it's done. I, I, th I think I think it has. And, and what, what it did in Turkey, what was different, they pushed the surgeries a lot in the beginning because yeah. they, I mean, it's not that long. I mean, I was in the business before they really started doing them yeah. in Turkey. So so uh, everybody think they were invented in Turkey. It's nothing nothing yes. like that. But they, they were really good at marketing it. And it was in the beginning, it was extremely cheap. I mean, mm -hmm. they, they were doing hair transplant for thousand pounds in, in those days. And wow. people thought like, well, okay, if it doesn't work, like I'll, I'll lose my thousand pounds, it's okay, it's not gonna yeah. be the worst. But but what they did is they pushed the graft numbers a lot. So they were doing bigger surgeries that had been done before. And in some ways they, they overdid it. So they left a lot of damage in their back, but the industry sort of had to catch up. And I think in that way, it was actually really good. A good thing, yeah. And and, and people now are, are a little bit more educated than they were a few. Mm -hmm. So they don't jump just on the, on the new, yeah. latest offer that they see just because of the price. And I think they do a little bit more research, really, when they have a hair transplant. And and you want to, you know, you have a hair transplant, you come back to the clinic a few days later, you're going to come back for follow-ups, you're going to, you know, take yeah, care yeah. of you from the start to finish. And this is obviously difficult to do if you're flying to a different country. Yeah. To, to the procedure done. So it, let's say it comes for a consultation. How much does that cost? Nothing. 
Yeah, free. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. So there is nothing to lose and and it's important. When somebody comes in, we we try to look at all those different factors. Like I said, are you still losing hair? What's the genetics? How's the family pattern? All of this so we can- How do you know if they're still losing hair or not? You do a microscope and just see what the follicles are doing. Most people will know, but you'll notice those fine thin hairs that are are thinning. So sometimes it's very obvious, sometimes a little bit more difficult to see. And then very often it follows the family part. Not always, yeah, but yeah. very often. I mean, we, we do sometimes get guys and, uh, and I speak to them and they say, but my, my dad has a full head of hair, my brother has a full head of hair, and then they are, they're completely bald. And that must be tough. So it, Yes, my brother is one of them, so he's yeah. bald. Wow. Oh, he, he must be jealous. Of yeah, yeah, he's really jealous. irritated by me. That's why you've grown your hair. <laughs> yeah, exactly. um, so yeah, it is a bit unfair, but it... it there was always this theory that it followed the maternal line yeah. came from your mother's father, but mm, I'm under the understanding that that's not that, really not, accurate. Not no. really, no. no. Uh, it, it can come from either side. And, but and is it just random? It, it, it seems to be, but what, what, what people believe is that this bolt carrying, that the, the, the gene carrying the bolting, sorry, is stronger than the other one. Because if you look at pictures from, you know, 30 years ago, 50 years ago, you look at 20 years old, there's no, almost nobody bald. You look at them today and there's, there's a lot bigger percentage yeah, of bald. men that have lost hair. Really? So, yeah, a lot more. And I think it, it can go down to the gene. It's probably a lifestyle factors as well. There's more stress and all of those different things. And, and maybe the diet is not, not the same, but I think, Products. yeah, I, th- I think by a, by a big part that's down to the gene. So we seem to be getting bolder in, in hundred years, we probably all be bald. <laughs> wow, God, I hadn't really considered that. That's uh, really quite fascinating. Uh, you said products there. Do you think people putting products on their hair is having an impact on whether they go bald or not? I think it does affect the quality of hair, doesn't it? I think if you've got harsh products, it's going to affect the quality of hair. And mm-hmm. if your hair's already weak, mm-hmm. you know, it's not going to not going to survive. But presumably the product's in the scalp, not yes. the hair itself. So yeah. this would be products going on the scalp and then seeping into the follicle and perhaps yeah. affecting that or... I, I think you it's going to be a small factor. Uh, I mean, I, I, it's definitely a factor, but uh, yeah, okay. 100%. Uh, f- f- the biggest factor I see is stress. I yeah. mean, you, you see that, you, you probably see that when people come in, when they go through a divorce, they go through something really tough. You can see their hair just like yeah. falls out a lot faster. So I think that's probably the worst factor. So you have the genetics and then you mix the stress in yeah, with yeah. it and then you have a really, really bad. bad so mix. I've got a little patch of alopecia somewhere. Yeah, I saw where it is now, but... Um, but yeah, you know, I was going through a divorce. Yeah. You know, my mum had got cancer. Was, is it regrown or? On the verge of bankruptcy and all sorts of stuff. No, I don't think it has really. I can't actually remember where Are you it using is. anything on it? No, well, well, I'm not. I mean, I, I actually just thought, I'm going to forget I've got About it. it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It just because you can't really see it, you know. And I thought, I could feel it starting to creep. It must be on this side somewhere around. Yeah, I can yeah, see it there a little bit. I could yeah. feel it starting to creep closer and closer to my hairline. And I thought, if it gets to the hairline, I'll probably maybe get some minoxidil on there or something and start, uh, yeah. start messing about with it a bit. But because it's an autoimmune thing, I, I assume that my immune system thinks that it's a problem. Yeah. So I started to started mm. to meditate on the idea that it wasn't a problem. And I would tell my immune system <laughs> to go get away from my hair, that it's fine, you know. So I did that for a bit. Yeah. And then... I actually just forgot all about about it, and then I, I realized six months later that I've still got it a bit, but it's not. It doesn't that bad. seem that bad. Yeah, yeah we, we can't really see it going. But that yeah. came, I think, can only be as a result of stress. Yeah. And then, yeah. have you 
have you noticed anything related to COVID or the vaccines or anything like that? Related to COVID, yes. Uh, there's quite a lot of, especially women. We notice this more with women, women uh, that they, they have finer hair. They've been falling out in flocks. But the same as with the, the, the alopecia, like you had, it usually comes back either on its own or with treatment. We can usually speed it up to get it, get it growing a little bit faster. And what do you use to speed it up? So we use a lot of our injectable therapy. So we do PRP, this is plasma-rich platelets, where yes. you take that from the broad and you, you spin it in that. That works very well. It's just re regenerative, so it helps everything. And we do mesotherapy where we mix in finasteride, minoxidil, uh, vitamins, different growth factors. Okay. Uh, and it just sort of a speeds up the hair. It's not going to grow you necessarily new hair, but where the hairs are weak or they're, they're not really coming out, it, it gets them growing a lot faster. So, okay. so these are the treatments we use quite a lot. And we have a lot of, had a lot of women, like you said, after, after COVID, we've seen quite a, quite a bit of that. And why is that, do you think? Is it just because COVID affects the immune system and the immune system starts to malfunction slightly and then the hair suffers? I, th I think it must be. I mean, I, I don't think we can sort of uh, no. correlate it directly, but, but, yeah. but uh, like we said, when it comes to stress, your, your immune system is going to go down. You're going to yeah, yeah. get weaker. Same thing with this. The, the hair is... I mean, it, it looks like something simple when you look at it, but it's it's fascinating, really, yeah, how yeah. what, what it can do and how important it is for us, isn't it? Yeah, uh, I and think how it grows. I mean, it is, a it is a representation of your general health and well-being, I think, yeah. yes. when you look at somebody's hair. Yeah, um, yeah it's interesting. Um, so, I mean, I feel like I'm getting thinner and thinner here, which is probably quite normal as you get older, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. I've always had a great big forehead. I think, <laughs> bloody hell, it's big. And when I'm drunk... <laughs> and I'm just brushing my, I'm brushing my teeth to go to bed. I'm like, oh my god, it's so bad, you know. Would and you in other days, I think it's exactly the same as it was five years ago. I don't know what I'm talking yeah. about, you know. It doesn't um, look any different. I mean, you know. Yes, I don't. I used to watch you watch you eight years yeah. ago, and it looks the same, pretty much. You get paranoia must play a big part yeah. in the whole psychology of it with people, yeah. where they come yeah. and feel like they're going bold, but they're actually not. Yeah. Could you stumble you, across that? You, you, you get a lot of a it. A lot of it. A lot of it. And, and a lot of people just don't want to accept it as well. I mean, the, they, they, they tell us, you know, I, I still have hair, you know, I've got, got plenty of hair. And then they send in the picture and there's nothing on top <laughs> yeah. and they're, they're combing it over <laughs> to the side. And, we uh, do. Yeah. yeah. People go, yeah, I've got fantastic hair. And you sort of look at them and go, okay, let's, mm. be, let's get real, you know, because you have to. Yeah. So your hairline at the front, mm. like it's been plugged in a way that it's growing upwards. Yeah, I guess you can you can manipulate the hairline a bit, can you? By the angle, I think it's the way I dry it. To be honest, I've been drying it like that. But yes, you can. I mean, we've we, been we, drying it. Like no, I've just been drying the with hair, and it sort of goes up with a towel. With a towel, okay. Yeah, yes. so it sort of does stick up a bit. My hair always does, though. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we do, we do, um, we do actually work with the pattern of the hair that you've already got. Uh, okay, so, so you can see it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you can see the the transplanted hairs here, and the ones further back. The angles are, are quite similar. Yeah, you know, yeah. On the on the back and the front, but if mm. if you see somebody that had a hair transplant in the in the nineties, they were just planted straight down, and it was just like spiky hair all all yeah. straight yes, up. So I've seen quite a few. Yeah. When it gets to a certain length as well, mine just goes just because it's pretty much poker straight. Okay. So it just sort of just goes like that. But it's the difference between a good hair transplant and a bad one. You know, mm. you've got to put them in the right direction. Yeah. Is there anything that you shouldn't be doing to your hair after you've yeah. had a trans 
transplanted? Like what products should you avoid or? All products for, all. for now. Yeah, first month, isn't it? Well, yeah, I mean, to, we, we talk about two to four weeks where you have to be really careful. Uh, I mean, we, we exaggerated a lot because we want you to take care of it and some people never listen. But, <laughs> but you know, you want to keep out of the sun. You don't want to have direct sun going onto the scalp. You don't want to rub it with any products like manoxidil or, or other products. Not, not, not in the beginning, way. no. You, you want to you just give it a little bit time to heal. heal yeah. Now when you get to the stage like where, where Chris is now, uh, once you've had it done, you just forget about it. Uh, there is, you don't need to do anything different. I've not really? used that's, any products, but I'm it's, just It's just your hair. Yeah. It's so just you don't taken. have to take any medication or anything like that? For no. the transplanted hair, no. 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 But if you're, if you're in case like, let's say with Chris, he's put it in the front uh, and then you've got the hair in the back. For that hair, you might need to you have products depending on the family pattern. Um, what would be the medication that you would take? I mean, usually the finasteride or dutasteride are, are quite good. And What's the other one called? Dutasteride. It, it's, it's very similar, has a similar function. Okay. Uh, and then you got the minoxidil, yes. which, is, which has been around for, it was the first FDA approved medication for hair loss. The minoxidil tends to work better here on the crown and on the on the back area. It doesn't tend to work very well on the on the frontal area. Oh, really? And the finasteride works on the on the whole top. The the main problem is that you can have side effects with finasteride that yes. are not very attractive. When so we get a lot of people when we talk to them about the possible side effects that it can affect the libido, it can lower your sperm count, and they say, "No, I would, I would, I would rather be bold than <laughs> facing that." But it's it's very rare. I have to, okay, have to say that. Okay. Okay. You know. But there is a, there is a, the possibility of a lowering it, your libido. Yes, yes. Yeah. there is, and and we we do have people that experience. worry that, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. I like my libido. So you have to be <laughs> hair or libido. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know. There is, yeah. You can look good. But it's, only, it's only sort of 2% of the population, though. And it's 2%? You, yeah, oh, around really? that. So it's pretty small. And you can you can lower the dosage as well, because actually half a tablet will do the job. Okay. So you can do half a tablet a day mm -hmm. with an asteroid. That will do the job. Okay. Yeah. So and then you can pop a bag. Possibly, yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's the thing. Um, but they do oral minoxidil as well now. Oh, so you can really? take it, yeah, to buy a tablet. And so, is that better or worse or good? You're not it, looking it, it, Yeah, I mean, it, it was taken orally in the beginning when it came, then it, then it went over to the liquid, and now it's going back to the to the okay. tablet. Uh, I, I think it's more of the minus. It works very well when it's applied topically, but yes. you need to apply it two times a day. So, okay. so I think men especially are not very good at following the <laughs> regimen where they have to do it. So you do it maybe once, then you don't forget it the next yeah, day. So, yeah. so this is why you maybe not don't get the results with the topical one, mm -hmm. which you're going to get with the other one. If you're just taking one capsule a day, is a lot yeah. lot easier. So let's say I've come for a consultation and we decide that you're going to do some hair. Do your corners, yeah? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's what I want. <laughs> um, what's the next? What's the next step? So next step is, is looking at your medical history, see if you're taking any medication, if there's there's anything that might complicate the, the surgery. It's, okay. a, it's a small surgery, but you still have to take all those yeah, safety yeah. measures. Select the dates uh, and, and book you in. And uh, Surgery is done all in one day, so you come. So you you could do the whole thing in one day. In one day. Yeah. Come in the morning, go home in the in the afternoon after the surgery. You have local anesthesia, so you don't really feel any pain. Okay. Uh, you watch. I mean, when we're planting the grafts, you're watching TV. You can catch up on the latest really? shows, and yeah. And are you stood up, are you let down, like sit sitting down, sort of uh, sitting down so, with your head back. Yeah. To the just just like that. Yeah. Like <laughs> <laughs> to know. Um, and how long am I being plugged for? I guess it's different for different yeah. people. But yeah. usually about six to eight hours. Six to eight so, hours. Uh, and Is that what you, you did? Yeah, yeah. around that. Uh, eight hours. Okay. Yeah, and if, if you imagine in, we're extracting 
hair follicles we're extracting sometimes four or five thousand in one go yes. we have to extract them all then we have to make the incision put them in one by one so it's it's very detailed it's very elaborate so. any breaks as well yeah so. yeah but f- yeah. F- f- for whoever is having the hair transplant, I think it's quite a relaxed day. Uh, but there is a lot is of it? working, you know. Yeah. You, you'll see there's a whole team working around there, yeah, going yeah. in. Feel minimal pain. Um, it's good. Mm-hmm. It's very good. And then how much is it, like, say, for, for the amount that you've had done? Oh, it's um, probably probably around 4,000, 4,500 4, pounds yeah. for, for the amount I've, I've had done. And have you had a lot done? No, not really at all. No, not really at all. Um, I've I've had around sort of eighteen hundred graphs, so not really. It's sort of more of the lower side. Okay. Um, to what we do do. Okay, so and then what would be the most you would move? Four thousand, five thousand. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but you need a really good candidate to move those high numbers because, as you remember, we're, we're thinning Very out the hair in the back. So, so if, it, if yeah. it's good density, we can take quite a lot. If okay. the density isn't that good, we have to be more conservative. So, uh, on average, you're shifting what two or three thousand? Yeah, was it two and a half to three thousand? Yeah, yeah. Our average. And then, how much is that? How much are you charging for that? I'm talking somewhere in the region of, of four, four, four to five k. Yeah. Yeah. Four to five thousand. Yeah, it's so it, right though, isn't it? it, it Most it people is. I speak to think it's ten grand. Well, Harley Street. Uh, well, yeah. I mean, it, it, yes, exactly. They used to publish in the. Uh, I remember when Wayne Rooney had his head transplant. I remember it came 30, out and they were saying thirty thousand. Everybody had thirty thousand. I don't know where they got this figure from. I, I don't think there's <laughs> charts anywhere. But it used to be about ten for a large job, didn't it? Yeah. I, when we started doing the FUE technique, the new technique, it was very slow. So sometimes you needed two days to do what we do now. In one day so the okay. prices were higher things have moved yeah. forward yeah yeah, yeah. and uh, how many clinics have you got so 36 uh wow. all over the world today which is we have yeah yeah we have a lot here in the in the uk we have quite a quite, quite a few locations quite a few yeah including manchester which we're just opening to okay so um, as a surgery how many in london one or two one in london so in harley street and then we've got sort of bristol birmingham newcastle okay um yeah, mm. Dublin, Belfast. Dublin, yeah. Oh, good. Yeah, I've got lots yeah. of people weirdly following me. Yeah, Scotland as well. We've got. And the thing is, hair loss is is very universal. It doesn't really matter if you're if you're in England, you're in in Africa, or or wherever you are. It, it, nobody wants to go bald. Nobody wants so, to go bald for the yeah, yeah. God. It's really interesting that you you say that more people are going bald now than they were, you know, 50, 60 years ago. And I never really thought about that, but it'd be fascinating to see why. Mm. Yeah. You know what seems to be going on it must be food related right we, we eat a lot of processed rubbish basically we do yeah yeah lots of fun. theories though isn't it I, I think it's multifactorial i think there's a lot of things that that play into it but yeah. I, I think there are very few favorable factors for, yeah. uh, for our hair now it's, it's it's more uh, it has more of a battle of staying there in mm. there in place now yeah um have you thought about uh, collaborating with you know a, a hair salon or something like that um, because it strikes me as though most people go to the hairdressers for advice about their hair. Yeah. And most people who are losing their hair do not come and see you. Yeah. And they should. That's what they should do, you know. And what happens to hairdressers is they end up making up a lot of information about hair loss and why it happens. <laughs> yeah, yeah. solution is always a shampoo when it's not. Yeah, yeah. It's you not. buy this, it makes a big yeah. difference. You know, that caffeine shampoo. Yeah. Thing. Yeah, of course. Um, or, you know, and, and, and I can see that just by the sheer volume of people who ask me questions about hair loss. And I always think, why are you asking me? Like, I'm not a hair loss person, you know, why don't they come to you? I don't understand why there seems to be a barrier to people coming to you. 
You've done work with the barbers. Have and you? Yeah. Yeah. Any particular barbers, though, or have you collaborated? Or? We've collaborated with a few barbers, yeah, 100%. So we've got probably about 10 barbers that we collaborate. And okay. we've seen some, yeah, great, great results from them, guys. Um, and we're always looking to expand that. And um, we've done a, a couple of, like, beauty therapists mm -hmm. we've worked at. I think one hair salon. Okay. So yeah, so we are looking at that. Yeah. I mean, I think I think you're right, spot on. Yeah, I, I mean, I do these Instagram lives every so often where I get oh. people on. So it'd be good to do one of them with you yeah. one night. Yeah, it's the 100%. amount, of, just like I say, the sheer volume of my followers that say, yeah. "Can you do something on hair transplants?" And of course, I have the trichologist on, but she's not a hair transplant no. person. Um, and then there's lots of women asking for their husbands, and then lots of women <laughs> yeah. asking for themselves. Yeah, yeah definitely. You, are you transplanting female yes. hair? Yeah, yeah, we, we, we do that as well. Lowering the hairline is a big one at the moment. Mm. So lowering the hairline by about, about, about an inch. An inch. And of course, the, the hairline is totally different. So on a woman, it's more like an upside down horseshoe. So we tend oh. to, than, than a guy. So in terms of the shape, the shape's uh, completely more different. More round sort of. Yeah, it's more rounded. Like so uh, it's different. But we're, yeah, the demand's there for, for that at the moment. Yeah, I mean, I see lots of women that say, I'd love uh, to get this just this bit. You do I, eyebrows as well. You do eyebrows, really? Yeah, we do. Oh, wow. Eyebrows, beard as well. Beards. Some eye eyelash transplant. I need a bloody transplant. beard transplant. I need somebody else's beard. You know, so I'm so patchy area. and bald around here. I haven't got enough. You'd be. I just. You create another bald patch. Um. We, so you do do beards though. People are asking. Yeah, great results, aren't yeah. they? Yeah, very fantastic. But, but you take it from the scalp. You use this, use the hair. You don't take from the beard itself. So you, so you really? extract from the hair the same as you do with uh, with a hair transplant. So it isn't like pubic hair then. It's like hair. hair. It's it's hair, but the hair tends to grow differently with time. So so when you implant, the same as when you put into eyebrows. So once you put it in, you try to select the hair that's the closest to the eyebrow there. And, and over time, the hair tends to ad adapt to it. So if it's in the beard, it tends to grow a little bit thicker yeah, with does. time and it tends to grow it's thinner. Ten months, yeah. it starts to change. Oh my God, that's so, amazing. As I'm saying, the hair is fascinating. It, it, it's it quite a mechanism. It's incredible how much, <laughs> what it can do. Uh, After a hair transplant, the first year, you sort of, it, it sort of seems slightly different. The texture yes. seems different. But within two years, after sort of two years, it starts to take same characteristics as, as your, your native hair. hair. So it yeah. just, it just, yeah. Wow, that same. is really amazing, isn't it? Yeah, it takes a bit of time. Mm. Yeah. Doesn't exchange. So, I, I mean, I know the answer to this, but I don't know why um, this is the case. You can't transplant somebody else's hair into your own head. Yeah, your your immune system is going to attack it. It's, it uh, will. it's a foreign it's a foreign, foreign thing body. in your body. It's going to try to get rid of it. So, so this has been tried with, with identical twins and everything. Really, Th even with identical grow. twins, doesn't grow. No. So, so you could they can have successful lung transplants and kidney transplants and things like that. I realize, but you're going to be on medication. You're on medication, medication to yeah. stabilize it. Yeah. Could you though, in theory, then take that medication and have somebody else's hair? You probably probably, not pro probably could, but the, the risk and reward ratio probably wouldn't wouldn't, wouldn't really wouldn't. be favorable in that. Do you, are we going to get to a point where you can harvest somebody's own hair, like on a piece of protein or something right. like that? <laughs> this has been something that they've been talking about for a long time, yes. you know, stem cells, you know, multiply it. And it's been tried and, and they always say it's, you know, we're going to be able to do it in X amount of time, but I haven't seen anything anywhere close to it. So who knows in the future, but okay. it, it, we, I don't think we're going to see that any day in the next five to 10 years. It's not going to happen. Ask AI to sort that out. Possibly, yeah. Try. Do. yeah. You can use body hair though. To put on top. Can you? Yeah. I haven't got any. 
I'm like, well, the, the, whatever's left of, left of your beard. I haven't got any body hair at all. <laughs> so, so, yeah, no, we can. So, we can do it. We can do it in reverse. What I would like is to take hair from my head and put it onto my chest. <laughs> We've done that. <laughs> Have you done that? <laughs> We've done that, yeah. <laughs> the Austin Powers look. No, you're off. Only in Brazil, though, yeah. probably. Where, where well, it was that? in Dubai. No, in Dubai. In Dubai. So, he wanted a hairy he chest. Wanted, it's like full head of hair. It was an Arab guy that didn't have anything on his chest. <laughs> and his dream was to go to the beach and be like with a really hairy chest. So, we, we, we did that for him. But that's. My dream. Yeah. The only problem is it's going to grow long because your scalp yes. is going to grow longer so you can exactly. grow it down to your toes if you want to. <laughs> Even better. But presumably the theory would be that that hair would eventually adopt. Adapt with time, yeah, over time. time. It's not going to stop growing, but it's going to grow a lot slower than Oh, okay. Yeah. God, I mean, that is really funny. I mean, I'm trying to keep fit for the main reason that because I have no hair to disguise my slightly flabby body now, <laughs> I have no yeah. other option other than to get fit. I would love just to grow a load yeah. of hair. We can, can, we can do fat. it. We can do it. Can you? Yeah. Take a long time. <laughs> <laughs> I've only got a small body. Talk to us about your products that you just you, you, um, you've got. Yeah. There. So basically, for for the, like the last twenty five years, I've worked in what you call consumer retail, really. So I've been a hairdresser, but I've been working for Procter and Gamble, L'Oreal, yeah, companies like that. I've worked on brands like Pantene and Head and Shoulders and Aussie and Clairol's Nice and Easy and stuff. I, I loved. I wanted to work in advertising, really. I wanted to do the hair in big TV commercials. When I used to watch them on the telly, I used to think, I could do better than that. Or, <laughs> you know, they shot that in the Maldives. I want to work in the Maldives. You know, like, it, it just seemed so glamorous. The budgets were big, and uh, I loved the idea of it. So I, I, I specifically went to work in consumer products and then started to see, you know, just, I guess, how good some of them were, actually. I was quite surprised how... I would say some of the best shampoos you could probably buy in the world are on the shelves in supermarkets. Yeah. They're not uh, on the shelves in hair salons. You really? Know? Hairdressers think they are, but yeah. they're wrong. And, and hair colors are similar now, aren't they, to what they yes. were in the, yeah. I, you know, the I box hair colors? For Weller for a long time, who were owned by uh, Procter & Gamble, who owned Clairol. Yeah. So you know, you'd go and work in the R&D department there, and I'd go and color test various shades. And... You know, the the chemist guy who's made Colliston, the professional hair dye, is the same guy who's making Clairol nice and easy. Wow. He's not reformulating a whole new hair dye. He's just slightly adapting the quality of this to work for a consumer or to work for a professional, you know. But the idea that these products are completely different is just like crazy. You know, you could look at the ingredients list for yourself. You could see that they're exactly the same product. So hairdressers have this idea that somehow anything you buy in the supermarket is toxic and full of yeah, rat poison. Yeah, it's going to kill you. And everything that's on their shelves is somehow, you know, full of fairy dust. It's just not true. You know, in fact, if you take a brand like Pantene, you know, it's a billion dollar selling brand. If you just took 1% of that sales and put it into R&D, you've got, you know, 100 million pound budget on R&D. You're not mm. going to make, you know, fairy liquid with that you're going to try and make the best shampoo you could ever make because l'oreal are trying to do the same and schwarzkopf are trying to do the same you know i mean it's highly competitive so the i think the formulations that are in some of those shampoos are actually brilliant mm. so it was just a very interesting place to work really and it was so it was so different from working in professional hairdressing but i all the time i kept thinking i've got to come up with an idea for a brand because now I know the retailers, you know, I know all the PR agencies, I know all the beauty journalists, and I understand the strategy about how to bring a product to market. I just don't know what to bring to market, you know. So for a long time, I was trying to come up with concepts or ideas, you know, that what people would say to you is I'd go to Boots or something and I'd say, I'm going, I'm going to launch a product range, my own product range. And they'd say, well, who is Michael Douglas? 
first yeah. of all. Who are you? You know, and he's thinking, I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm a cheeky northern hairdresser, you know, who will give you salon quality hair at home. And they go, yeah, well, Charles Worthington can do that. Yeah. I go, okay, well, I'm, I'm, I'm the anti-frizz guy. I'll get rid of frizz. And it's like John Frieda does that. I'm like, well, <laughs> um, what do you do? You know, yeah, exactly. Oh, I'm a celebrity hairdresser. I'm well known. It's like, yeah, well, Lee Stafford is. I'm like, okay. like, Jesus, what am I doing? You know, who am I? You know, I would like think, I don't actually know, but I thought it is a good question that if you are thinking about bringing a brand to market, you know, they used to say, well, what problem is Michael Douglas solving? Yeah, have Douglas a USP, solving? yeah for women that isn't currently being solved by everybody else. And I thought, well, until I can answer that question, I'm not going to launch anything, you know. And then I had this show on The One Show for a long time, which is a, a, TV, a TV show over here. I don't know if you're familiar with it or not, but it's 7 o'clock on BBC One. Did about 7 million viewers a night. I was on it usually once or twice a week. And I did this show called The Street Barber, where I cut people's hair in the remember, street. remember, yeah. And it was a kind of nifty idea where... You were actually a facilitator for an interview rather than a haircut. The haircut was like neither here nor there. But what you got to do was to talk to somebody. So you could find yourself on, you know, a German army base or something like that, talking to a lot of American soldiers as they came back from Afghanistan. And they would, they would really talk to you about their experience in Afghanistan in a way they wouldn't have done a journalist, you know, right. because you're cutting their, their hair or their wife's hair. You know, they would, they would somehow tell you stuff. So you got these really intimate interviews out of it. It was really good. But people used to stop me in the street and say, oh, I've seen you on the telly. You're the guy who can cut hair anyway. Because yeah. <laughs> I used to cut people's hair up a mountain or on a helipad did, yeah. or, or on a bloody cross-channel ferry. Made a lot of people uh, happy, though. I always remember them looking amazing. I thought, wow, they look great. They were very happy, yeah. Totally it really, different. It was a really good show. But people used to say this phrase to me all the time. And one day I thought, I know who I am. I'm the guy who does hair anywhere. <laughs> like, And I thought, wouldn't it be good if you could do anything to anybody's hair yeah. anywhere because my job is restricted by a plug socket and water you know my job to style somebody's hair means yeah. making it wet uh, and then doing something it while it dries and you need heat for that you need a plug socket for that so i came up with this concept called your hair anywhere and it was uh, you could do anything to your hair in under 10 minutes without a plug socket without any water and I pitched it to Boots and they were like, this is the greatest thing we've ever heard <laughs> we're in. You know, pitched it to three or four other people they were in. Um, I pitched it to an investor and he was like, how much money do you want? We're, we're in, you know. So with this concept was this hairstyling device that had a, a battery operated handle that could disconnect and that handle could connect to other devices as well, but like a power tool. So you could essentially carry these things around with you in your handbag. Or you could just style your hair at home with them. It wasn't that they would travel. It was just that you're not stuck to a plug socket anymore. No, you're good. just free. You style your hair anywhere. And then there was four or five dry styling sprays. So you could spray your hair, curl it, straighten it, you know, put it up. You'd have some Kirby grips and things like that. And I would give you Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday hairstyles on Instagram or on the website. But none of them would require water. None of them would require a plug socket. Wow. If you bought your hair anyway. Good idea, I'm right? In. Yeah. You're in. It's brilliant. <laughs> so we raised two million quids worth of investment, you know, and then and then COVID came along and wiped us out. And every car manufacturer in the world bought every battery in the world for four years. They mass bought. Yes. Uh -oh. So we were out of batteries. The price of aluminium went up something like 680%. So we couldn't make aluminium barrels or handles or anything with this thing. So it killed and it. Literally, it became oh. obsolete. So I was a bit like, Jesus my big idea that I've been spending 30 years trying to come up with is now slightly done, you know. 
So the one thing that happened around that time that was Dyson brought out the supersonic yes, headline I remember. at yeah. 330 quid. And yeah. I just thought it was atrocious that they were going to charge hairdressers and, and consumers 330 pounds for something that blows hot air. I was just like, this is just unbelievable. I remember getting it on a on a present list and yeah. I thought, oh, yeah, I'll buy that. And then have a look it up and it was like, what? How much is this hairdryer? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, there's got to be an alternative out there for this, you know. And and again, on Instagram, I got lots of questions and people saying, I want to buy a Dyson, but I can't afford it. What do you recommend? And I was recommending this little Italian hairdryer called a Calexia. It's a little... 2000 watt thing yeah quite heavy and a bit noisy but i liked it and i used it as a professional so i was recommending that to a lot of people and then this friend of mine who imports lots of stuff from china said i'm going to import some hair dryers you know and you can have a look and see if you like any of them and he sent me this one that i loved i was like jesus this is the best hair dryer i've seen you know so i went back and said could i make it in different colors could you put different buttons yeah on i saw it? your signature color signature colors you got yeah. nice so they sent me some prototypes and i used it for about six months and i was like this is it this is brilliant you know i <laughs> i, I want to use this hairdryer all the time i can only assume other people would it's a really good alternative for dyson it's not just a vacuum cleaner that's been reversed <laughs> and um it's blue and, and it's blue or green as well so yeah blue cool. or green we've got a pink one coming out in september that's and cool. then a kind of a very whitey looking blue one that comes out next year uh that's going to be an exclusive for qvc so it was it was really good and i, I felt like i was doing a proper service because people didn't want to spend the dyson but they did want what they call a, good, a, a brushless yeah. dc motor in a hairdryer which is what this is it's usually quieter more powerful less energy consumption and stuff like that so so we launched that and it went <laughs> went great guns oh, yeah. you know brilliant so um you know, we sold out probably earlier this year. We've just had another batch landed uh, and, and they're selling really well. And then I thought, okay, I, what I'd like to do really is specialize in tools. And that's largely because all hairstyles are created with tools. People think they're created with products. They say, I want curls. What product should I buy? It's, yeah. like, it's not a product you need. It's a curling wand or a diffuser for your air dryer. Or, but a bit of mousse is not going to make your air curly. You know, you have to make it curly. The mousse will hold the curl perhaps. And it might give it some definition or whatever, but it's not going to make it curly. You know, what I realized is that I couldn't do my job without tools, but I could easily do it without products, you know. Mm. And um, I loved that idea because all of a sudden you were selling a truthful solution that with this product, whether it be a straightener or a curler or a dryer, you will get this result, this result, this, that, and the other. Most people want more volume, more shine, less flyaways, no frizz, a curl. All of that you can do with a blow dry. All of it you can do with a good blow dry. You can't buy any of that in a bottle, as far as I mm. can tell. I've never found a bottle of anything that will give you frizz-free <laughs> hair. John Frieda's Frizzies does not <laughs> ease the frizz. It just makes the frizz shiny. Yeah. You know, but if you use it in conjunction with a good blow dryer, you, you will get, get really smooth hair. But yeah. you do need a bloody blow dryer, you know. So what I like about the tool, the whole tools thing is that you are offering people a genuine solution. It does solve a problem uh, and it's a truthful proposition. And I realize what I've got to do as a, in, in selling it is also teach people how to use it. And one thing I have learned to do over the last, I don't know, 15 years of being on telly is I'm quite a good communicator. I can yeah. tell people, and I was a teacher for 12 years of hairdressing, I can teach people how to do it. And that's the thing I find most joyous about what we do is when people go, 
I followed your tutorial. I bought your hairdryer. My hair's never looked so good. And it worked. And I was like, oh my God, I'm so happy about that. And I always say, send me a picture and I'll post it for you. you know? So I usually put it on my stories for them or whatever. Because, you know, that's what I really want. I, I don't, the hairdresser fixes the problem on the day, but what about the next day and the yeah. next day and the next day? Ongoing, I think yeah. that, that's the bit I slot into. So I'm a big fan of consumer products. I'm a big fan of the supermarket stocking good products. Uh, and I'm a big fan of people doing their own hair. And if hairdressers are worried that somehow that is taking business from their salon, then they're not very good. No. You know, because you shouldn't, a box dye can't compete with a colorist. <laughs> you know, somebody blow drying their own hair can't compete with a professional hairdresser. Of course. So if they're worried about that, they either need to up their game or just stop worrying about it. It's like people want to go to the hairdressers. They don't want the responsibility of their own hair. They want to pay you so you do it. So do a good job and people will come to you. You don't need to worry about all that. You don't need to worry about me or my products or Nice and Easy or Garnier. You know, it's not it's not an issue for you. You know, these things, people are doing their own hair because they have no choice. Yes. <laughs> They'd much rather go to you. They just can't afford it or they haven't got the time or whatever. That's, you know, that's not your fault, you know. So, yeah, that, that was the idea behind the brand, really. So, yeah, I've got, got a new, new straightener, yeah. Yeah, so these just landed. Um, it's released. Just the uh, just today, in fact. They've these in your in your two colours. Uh, these are in the two colours. So I think I brought a, set, a green set. Oh, nice. Green set, yeah. yeah. So that's them. So Smart. I just wanted them essentially to look, you know, kind of a bit different. I mean, it's hard to reinvent the straightener because the straightener does a very good job. So yeah. Um, what we d did want to do is put decent QR codes on yes. everything. Yes. So when you scan that QR code, I'd tell you all the reasons of why you should buy that. That's brilliant. Most QR codes just go to a website somewhere. Yeah. It's like they're pointless, you know. So that is a video of me basically saying, <laughs> you have scanned straight, and this is why you should buy this it. This is how you can, how can use it as well. You yes, well, well, there's, the, uh, in here, there's an instruction leaflet, and on That's the instruction good. leaflet, that is on a different one of that. And you just scan that, and I will tell you exactly how to, how to use it, and then brilliant. all the videos and all That's that. That's brilliant. Of. So, yeah, I'm trying to kind of literally make it idiot proof for people, you know. So, why have you made them like this then? Why, 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 is, why, is, why is this here today? Well, you can scan the QR code and find Let's out. Do <laughs> <laughs> Let's so do it. So, I, I, I specifically designed them this way. What, I'll tell you for a couple of different reasons, really. I mean, they are just. Straightening lines, but what I wanted to do was <laughs> so. First of all, this is a, a sleeve that sits on it, you know, yeah. But it's also um, a heat mat as well. That's good, clever. There, yeah, because people are always burning their furniture and whatnot <laughs> um, with these things. So um, there's that, and then obviously, if you um, you wrap that around, like so, looks so you nice, can put yeah. straight in their bag, you know. That's clever. Um, We've got 11 heat settings on there wow. uh, going from 230 to 130. And then it was the girth of them really that I liked, the <laughs> flatness there. Because what you find, I don't know if you've seen the Dyson things, but they're about this fat. But if you try and iron your fringe with something that's that far away from your scalp, you put a huge mark in the hair uh, there. It's yes. You know, yeah. you can't get close to the root. You can't get rid of any, uh, any growth patterns or anything like that. You know, the fact that these are very flat here. Great. Means that you can iron very, very flat through here. So you find people with bobs that have got the hair growth like a DA at the back, you know, that grows up. Yeah. It's a real nightmare, you know, for people to get flat hair there because oh. it sticks straight out, you know. So it was more the design of these that I wanted that were nice and flat there. You've got uh, extra long plates. It's about two centimeters longer than GHDs there. So you can take a section yeah. to get there through the hair a little bit faster. 
Um, but the heat settings are quite important because I think one of the things that, that you find with people is GHD are always like 180 degrees. That's the optimum temperature for, for ironing your hair. And you go, well, how long does it take to pass through the hair? And it's different for everybody. You know, some people take five or six seconds to pass through the hair. Some people go out with it, you know, over and over again. So the 180 degrees is neither here nor there. It's the amount of time that that 180 degrees is on your hair. So I always think, well, if you're slow, then you can turn them down to 140, 150. Or if you're really fast, you can turn them up to 210. Yeah. It doesn't matter. The point is you want to remove as much moisture out of, out of the hair as possible to style it, but not too much that you start burning the hair. You know, yeah. so there's that little sweet spot. But that's yeah. different for everybody, depending on how you use them and what your hair's like, you know. So I just wanted to, I guess, give people some variation on, on that and then just make them to match the dryers, um, you know, and try and make them look kind of cool. But I, I didn't, I never thought I was reinventing the straightener, you know. No. <laughs> it was just that the demand for straighteners was so big and so many people were essentially saying, when are you doing straighteners? I thought we should probably do a straightener. Um, so again, you know, you do that thing where you essentially get 20 straighteners shipped in That's from good. all the different chap, uh, all the different factories in China and try and work out which one I think is the best one for me. Yeah. So yeah. the tools I'm making are specific to my needs first, I would say, you know. Mm. So we're going to see these on Davina's hair then? Oh, on your yes. Videos now. You'll probably see her a lot. I mean, I don't really use straighteners on her hair that much. Yeah. But, you, you know, a lot of people have questioned me today and say, can you put a curl in the hair with these? Yeah. The other thing is you can, again, because of the girth of them. That's the it. Dyson ones are so thick that obviously you can only get a curl, yeah. the girth of the of this, the straightener. So you could get a very small you curl with it, these, yeah. or you could get a little flick or a little bend with these, um, or you could get a big curl depending on, on how well you use them. I just love the, the quality of the plastic and the soft yeah, and all the rest Thank of it. You. They're super nice. We've got a European plug on there as well as a three-pin plug, so we can start selling them across Europe and um, nice. and places like that. Yeah, they are super nice. I mean, we've got... Some nice buttons as well. Uh, and again, you know, when I look at the packaging of a lot of hair tools, I absolutely hate it. You know, some model on the pack, you know, that... It's clearly not styled or air, you know. Uh, and then <laughs> the, the Dyson, mine. you know, the Dyson stuff, it just looks like a domestic appliance. It doesn't even look like a beauty product, you know. It no, looks like nice. a vacuum cleaner. Good finish. Yeah, they're nice, aren't they're they? They're nice. Yeah, light as well. Yeah. Good. Yes, very light. I think that was the other thing I was keen because I'm always carrying my kit around everywhere I go. Every yeah. day I'm working in a different studio or a different film set or whatever. I wanted something lightweight. So these are about 60 grams lighter than the GHDs. And then the dryer is about half the weight of yeah. most hair dryers. You know. So what's next? What's next for you? Next up, we've got brushes coming. Yeah, so hair brushes. Um, because obviously you can't do a decent blow dry without a decent. <laughs> yeah, you have to have the other bit. Um, so we do that. We've been designing them for quite a while, but um, they are finished and signed off. So we're just literally waiting oh. for them to, to be produced. Yeah. But they're really nice. I mean, again, you know, most brushes are about this long. And if you've got hair that has to revolve around a brush three times, it falls off the ends of the brush. So we've done an extra long brush. We've done an extra long handle, which gives you slightly better purchase. The handle's got a little sectioning tool on it so you can take sections. The bristles are short, so you can't, the brush can't get stuck in your hair. You know, there's lots of little things like that. I've tried to make the perfect brush for me and therefore for other people, you know. Um, and then we've got a really nice hot brush coming out at Christmas, wow. which is... I don't really want to do um, what Dyson are doing, essentially, is, is pushing air through everything. I'd rather use direct heat on dry hair. 
I think you get a shinier finish. You get less flyaways and less frizz. You look at that Dyson hair wrap, you know, where they, they put the Dyson thing in the hair and then the hair gets sucked around it. There's loads of flyaways all yeah. over the place it's as well. Great. You know, I'm always, when I watch their content, I'm always thinking, yep, look at all the flyaways there, just what nobody wants, you know. So they're clever engineers and they've made some clever products, but they're, they're absolutely no use for me. I would never use them. They're, they're, they create too much flyaways and too, many, too much flatness. They've got this thing that gets rid of flyaways. And I always think, yeah, but it's made the hair literally like that. Yes. Like, there's no fly- <laughs> really volume in the hair. It's like, doing what it needs you know, to do, yeah. for the one problem you saw, the end of creating another, you know. So the, the hot brush we've got is really nice. So it's like a big curling tongue, but with bristles. But you can push a button and retract the bristles and then lock them inside. So you can use it as a kind of beach wave with curler thing, or you can have the bristles and do essentially a dry blow dry. So you could take dry hair and make it look blow dry within wow. probably five or six minutes. Good. But Sounds the big good. dream was to try and go cordless with everything, you know. Right. So you, it's still thing. your hair anywhere. So that that idea of your hair anywhere has still been copied. <laughs> but copied the products won't it. change, will they? They just become cordless. They become cordless. So there's some new yeah. battery technology due out called solid state yeah. batteries. I don't know if you're familiar with solid state no, batteries. No, but yeah, fantastic. In, in batteries at the moment, there's lithium ion, which is a liquid, which right. um, makes the batteries very effective, but it makes them run out quite quickly. And they're changing the liquid to solid. And these already exist in pacemakers and things like that. But in the next two or three years, they'll think they'll have what we call an 18750, which is a, a, a battery, a solid state. Do the job, like that, yeah. Which will probably last four or five hours and take 20 wow. minutes to charge. And that Amazing. will free us up you know, with cables. I mean, everyone else will do that as well, no doubt. Dyson <laughs> or a solid state battery company. But, but they're your products still. Yeah, yeah and that's the whole point. And yeah. James Dyson's, yeah. Nice. So, um, well done. It's good. You know, I don't dislike Dyson. They've done us a favour, so I don't want to kind of yeah, they've come up a new concept. Because they've opened up a whole new premium market, essentially, and have said, you know, there are people out there willing to spend a lot of money on their hair, as you know. Um, so they've they've done a good thing in the end. It just irritates me that I feel like they've slightly exploited the industry, mm. my industry, and the and the people in it and the consumers. Yeah, if I, I mean, he doesn't need any more money, does he? You know, it's outrageous. <laughs> really. um, I like the fact you're just trying to help people. You've seen you've seen some of the common problems mm. and trying to trying to make the products that fit and help people, so they don't have to go to the hairdresser every day. Yeah, to look good. And I think that's the, tr- that's the thing nice. to try and try and be authentic. Uh, I tr- I'm trying to be as authentic as possible. Is that I do genuinely want that for people. Yeah. Like, and if I can earn a living while doing that, then great. But it's, my primary goal is not really money. I think it's probably a bit of legacy, you know. Yeah. I've been in the business a long time. I'd like to kind of think that I did something good here. <laughs> you can see that on your Instagram lives, like how much yeah. you want to help people. Yeah. I think that's amazing. Yeah, good. Well, thank you, because it means it does mean a lot to me that. And, um, you know, during lockdown, I was I was really struggling um, to make a living because obviously mm. all the hairdressers have been shut down. So I did this thing where I went live every day on Instagram for half an Fantastic. hour and just, just answered questions from people. And um, the, those people are still with me, you know, like <laughs> they still message me at least once a week and and it might be the hair clinic we're doing or a new product. They bought my products and everything. So I feel I feel like there is a, you know, a loyalty and, and an exchange that they're still with me. So I still want to kind of treat them to my knowledge or experience, you know, and um, it's, it's an extremely rewarding thing to do that and have these people still there for you thank you for yeah, it yeah, yeah well question for you so of course we have we shave our head te- technically for for a for a hair transplant mm-hmm. um so i want to grow this out i want to grow it to sort of your length should mm-hmm. i get it cut yet no 
Just leave it. Don't grow your hair. Just just grow it. Just yeah. leave it. Just leave it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. I mean, I get this a lot. People say you're supposed to cut your hair every six to eight weeks to make it grow or whatever. It's like I told you that. You know. Yeah. If you want your grass the... to grow. Don't cut the grass. You know. Just let myth, it grow. It? Yeah. Take, you know, take off the split end. Take off the split end. But the, split yeah, end. The, the ends have got to be split. <laughs> if they're not, then you don't need to worry about it. it you just... know. So it's very. You know, certainly with blokes' hair, I don't have a real. I would just, I just say to them, do not come and see me for eight months. Wow. And then come and see me. You know, I had this one guy kind of contact me all the time and saying, I'm going to a wedding in, let's say he's going to a wedding in August, and he said, I had me head shaved in May, um, but I'd like a style for this wedding. Uh, can I come and see you in May? Come see me in May. You know, and then every week he'd send me a picture yeah. and said, it's grown a bit. You think you can do anything with it yet? And I'm like. No, like there's nothing I can do with it, you know, until it's until you've got at least, I don't know, five or six inches to play with. You know, you need something, don't you? You know, yeah. So I would say that I, I would just not touch it, you know, yeah. for half a year or something like that. Yeah. People would say, hey, what's the best advice? And I'd say, stop looking in the mirror. Yeah. Stop touching it. Stop looking in the mirror. Yeah. Come and see me in six months' time. And we'll have a play around with it. I mean, I don't know if that's the advice you give or not, um, but I mean, this idea that you cut your hair and it gets thicker yeah. isn't necessarily true. But yeah. I guess if you've had a transplant, that could be true because mm. you're having new hair growth. Of course. So you're going to have growth so you, at different rates. So this, yeah. So when this is long, these will start coming through. Yes. And, so the, and, and the idea is that you could cut off the, the longer hair and then that would match course, the new yeah. hair and then essentially it would look thicker. So in theory, all that works. I would be more inclined just to kind of say, just, just let your it. hair grow for, yeah. for a good six months or so. We well, say you've got something to play around you with. You can't know. really cut your hair into a month after anyway. So we yeah. advise not to. So, but yeah, that's, that's what I think I'll do. Thank you. That's all right. Well, look, thank you for joining us today. I think you've been fantastic. It's a total pleasure. It's very nice to meet you both. And uh, thanks for all the information on, on hair transplants because it is, it is fascinating, you know, and it's yeah. amazing how it's exploded over the last few years. And, um, and how more and more people are willing to talk about it. It's, yeah, um, it's great. And you're obviously playing a big part. In all and fans can get you by your Instagram. I love the fact you call them fans. Yeah, they're fans these days. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> at MD London is on Instagram. Yeah, and, uh, you know, we try and post content every day or every other day that's hopefully useful for people's hair. Good, nice one. Let's do, a, let's do a live soon Yeah. Uh, mm. on, on Insta because I think I could rustle up a nice, a nice audience for that. Definitely. And, uh, we could make a lot of noise around it as well. Brilliant. Um, so, yeah. Thank you. Sounds good. Thank you. Pleasure. Pleasure. All good. Thanks so much. Oh, good. Good. Yeah.